Beautiful. That's what comes to mind when we think about our human design and we're progressively exposed to the perfection of God's original design. Our lives begin to reflect that beauty. Your life is His design and His design is beautiful. Thank you for engaging with us as we are about to be further exposed to the beauty of His design as we look into the world to see Jesus. Let's turn our Bibles to Hebrews 9 from verse 9 to 14. Hebrews 9, there you will find my assignment for this morning. Hebrews chapter number 9 from verse 9. Let's read together. I want to go. It says, which was a figure for the time then present in which we were offered both gifts and sacrifices that could not make him that did the service perfect as pertaining to the conscience. Verse 8. The Holy Ghost, this signifying that the way into the holiest of all was not yet made manifest, while as the first tabernacle was yet standing. Let's read together. Make eye contact with God's word and read together. Verse 9. As pertaining to what? The conscience. Verse 10. Which stood only in meats and drinks and divers washings and canal ordinances imposed on them until the time of reformation. Next. But Christ being come an high priest of good things to come by a greater and more perfect tabernacle not made with hands that is to say not of this building uh -huh, verse 12 neither by the blood of goats and cows but by his own blood can somebody say by his own blood and we shout it out loud say by his own blood all right by his own blood he did what he entered in once into the holy place, having obtained eternal redemption for us. For if the blood of bulls and, go and of goats and the ashes of an heifer, sprinkling the unclean, sanctified to the purifying of flesh, next verse, how much more shall the blood of Christ who through the eternal spirit offered himself without spot to God, purge what your conscience from dead works to serve the living God. Say, my conscience is purged from dead works in service to the living God. Precious Holy Ghost, we thank you for your glorious presence here. There are no distractions as our hearts are fixed on your word right now. We thank you because we receive clarity from your word. We receive utterance to teach your word. And mighty manifestations of the spirit follows the declaration of your word. Thank you because eyes are open to see Jesus and Jesus alone. 
ears are open to hear about Jesus and people's heart comes into rest. Amen. Hallelujah. We give you thanks and praise in Jesus' holy name we declare. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. God bless you. Praise God. Hallelujah. Are you ready? Yes, sir. If you don't say yes very well, I won't teach you. Are you ready? Yes, sir. So, um, today we're going to have a great time. Oh. Yes, sir. Are you ready? So, we have been teaching on the series titled Red, the Gospel in Three Letters. Three letters. And I have particularly enjoyed this series. I'm just having a great time. Amen. And this um, morning, we are looking at the porch. Learn to leave the weak and beggarly conscience behind. The purge, I am teaching you this morning how to learn to leave the weak and beggarly conscience behind. That's what we're going to be looking at for the next three hours. For the next three hours, amen. <laughs> you know, so sit tight. You can't even go anywhere. It's raining. <laughs> so sit tight. We're on a three-hour flight. I'll release you after three hours. Amen. Oh, thank you, dear Lord Jesus. So this is the purge. This is episode seven. And we have one more episode, which is episode eight on Wednesday. And it's going to be a teaching and prayer service. So I'll teach and then we'll pray. Amen. We'll pray all that we've been learning, you know, for, for the past four weeks. I mean, for, for, yeah, four weeks. So we're going to have a great time. All right. Um, so as we proceed this morning, we are looking at the subject of understanding what Jesus did in his death, burial, and resurrection. I've been joking with this thing, but I'll joke again. So that you don't use the blood to cook soup. <laughs> you see, I plead the blood over my soup. You know, we used to joke like this when we asked, um, when my mom, honestly, God is my witness, when my mom used to cook then, and the soup, the soup or the food is so sweet. We say, Mama, ah, this food is lovely. Ah, ah. Why did you cook this food? She said the blood. <laughs> she said, I, I use the blood. <laughs> you know? Um, so that you're not left with using the blood to cook soup. You know? Otherwise, we'll arrest you for ritual killing. <laughs> All right. God was so determined not to produce weak and beggarly children that he had to give Jesus to prove his determination. God was so determined not to produce weak and beggarly children that he had to give Jesus to prove this determination. God did not want to have children whose conscience have become so weakened that they cannot accept anything that looks like greatness. 
So pay attention. This is a very important teaching this morning. God wanted to produce kids who will have the conscience to carry greatness. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Who will have the ability to receive greatness. So he was so determined to do this that he had to send his son Jesus to pay. Because with a wicked conscience, the only thing you'd be able to relate with is begging. When your conscience gets weakened, pay attention to this. The only thing you'd be able to relate with is begging. Please, Lord. Please, Lord. Please, Lord. You know, there are many Christians who love to beg God. In fact, they don't just love to beg God. They love to beg. <laughs> and they don't realize that begging affects your self-esteem so much that if you always have to beg for everything. You see, let me say this, just a side note. Learn to do this things right so you don't have to beg i beg please i beg please i beg you you are the one who always comes late to class then the prof says go outside and you start to beg you see that begging is weakening your conscience you're going to live through life as though you were designed to be begging you weren't designed to be begging all right so with a weakened conscience the only thing you'd be able to relate with is begging and I want to say this out loud to everybody, and you're going to say it with me. Say, God hates begging. God hates begging. Say it out loud. Say, God hates begging. God hates begging. Ah, you're not talking. Some of you are not talking. Talk with me now. Say, God hates begging. God hates begging. So what does God love? God hates it when you always come to him to beg. Please give me rent. Lord. If you, you know, and then some of you will start you start signing emergency covenants, emergency contracts. You say, Lord, if you give me, I'm going to give it back to you. Lord, if you help me, I will help you. <laughs> Lord, if you bless me, I will bless you too. Then you say things like, Lord, if you open this door, I will make everybody to know you. Ah, <laughs> let me tell you, God doesn't need you to make everybody to know him. I guess what I'm saying. In other words, he doesn't need you to strike. Where was your begging? The Bible says, whilst we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. So where was your pleading? You know, in fact, many of you were not even aware you needed a savior. You were not aware. You didn't even know. You were not even conscious. A lot of people, not you, a lot of people did not even have enough intelligence to know that they needed a savior. Yet, the savior was given to you. Hello, church. How many of you had to beg for the savior to come? It means you don't have to beg for healing. Yes, hey, church, don't sleep. Don't sleep. I know, it's, I know it's cold, but don't sleep. Wake up. You don't have to beg for healing. Amen? Amen. You receive your healing. Yes, you don't have to beg for contracts. You receive. You don't have to beg. God hates. Say it with me. Say everybody. Say, God hates begging. God hates begging. God loves receiving. God loves receiving. In other words, God loves it when you are positioned to receive. But God does not love you when you are always begging. Let me tell you some people's prayer routine. They come to pray. First thing, they say, you know, we may have done the sin of omission or commission or, or, or eruption, knowingly or knowingly, consciously or consciously, presently or presently, absently or absently. 
Now we have to start to confess all our sins. Then you start. You know, when one time we were praying and, in, you know, the way we were taught to pray, even on campus, is that as soon as you come like that, you just lift up your hands and begin to pray in the spirit. It was strange. Some people felt you have to worship. Then when you worship, and then you worship, you worship, and then you worship, and then you worship, and then you worship for a while, you now burst out. <laughs> I hope you I hope you are able <laughs> I hope you are able to contain your burst out. Do you understand? Because they think that God is locomotive. You have to whine him and whine him and whine him. Then when you whine him and whine him and whine him, because it's your village chief, you now stand up and move. So you don't know. Hello. Hi, sir. Hello. Hi, sir. When you show up and you find that a bucket is already full, mm. what do you do? You just scoop out of it. Mm. You don't try to open tap again, say, be full, be full. You just take out of it. Glory to God. That's how you've got to know that you are always full. So every time you open up your mouth and begin to pray in the spirit, you are always in the spirit. Yes, sir. Are you getting what I'm saying? The believer does not, the believe, you may not know, and I'm going somewhere. You may not know, but you are always in the spirit. You didn't get into the spirit when you came to church. You are in church to learn more about your spiritual identity. You're always in the spirit. You are never in the flesh. Are you getting what I'm saying? Do you know how I know? If this flesh were to not move again, the real me shows up. Are you getting what I'm saying? And now that you are born again, you're always in the spirit. You've got to know that. Are you hearing what I'm saying? But we, without accurate teaching, you live your life begging always. God does not like begging. So let's look at the red process again. All right, let's, let's read it together. So the red process, do we remember the red process? What's the first thing in Jesus' death? What did he do? He forgave our sins. Hallelujah. Now I told you that Jesus forgave sin before he died. All right. So what happened now when he died? He sealed it forever. Permanently irreversible that your sins are forgiven. Can you say amen? amen? The second thing, you know, which we are going to talk about today is that you have now, as a result of the shed blood, been delivered from a weak and beggarly conscience. Conscience that cannot carry any great thing. Once you introduce greatness, it will crumble. So you are delivered from a weak and beggarly conscience. And then you are forever joined to the life of God. And then by the shed blood of Jesus, hallelujah, the new covenant has been established. Can we shout and rejoice? Glory to God. Are you hearing what I'm saying? And why are we teaching all of this? So that you come to know, you come to be aware of what has happened in the finished work. Amen. So you don't go and look for blood and put on your forehead with the sign of cross. Guess what? And some people sleep with their Bible under their pillow, expecting that you know, if the demon comes, all right, the, the, the Bible will wake up and fight. Dumbness, ah, dumbness on steroids. <laughs> the Bible is under your pillow, but the content is not in your heart. The content of the word must be in your spirit. 
It is out of your spirit that you talk back. Are you getting what I'm saying? It's out of your spirit you speak to situations and they obey you. But you, you carry the Bible, big one, King James, the kingest of the James, and you put it under your pillow and you say, now I'm covered. You are covered nothing. That book is only a book except the spirit gives it life. The Bible says the letter killeth, but the spirit gives life. So when it jumps out of the book and jumps into your heart, and listen, it becomes a revelation to you. Some of you need to catch the revelation that you will never be poor in your life. You need to catch it. Some of you need to catch the revelation that you will never be stranded in your life. That at any point in your life that it looks like you're stranded, God will send help from Zion. You've got to believe that. And let me tell you, listen to me, look up at me everybody. I, I swear to you, what you are believing right now is shaping your life. What you've been believing has been shaping you till this point. What you are believing now. That's why I told you last week, God had to give you something to believe. Because out of what you already have, you will produce what you need. So you must never lift up your hand and say, I have nothing. Do you have a believing? Do you have something called a believing? Do you have consciousness to believe? And then you have been helped. You may not have money, but if you have believing, God has helped you. Can we shout amen, somebody? So today, we are in the purge. Okay? The purge became God's answer to the weak and beggarly conscience. The purge became God's answer to the weak and beggarly conscience. Now let's turn our Bibles to Hebrews chapter number 9. And I'll begin to read from verse 9. Hebrews chapter number 9, from verse 9. It says, which was a figure for the time then present, in which was offered both gifts and sacrifices that could not make him that did the service perfect as pertaining to the conscience. So, no, don't stay there for a bit. So there is such a thing as being perfect in your conscience. It's a thing. It's a real thing. Of that a person is perfect in their conscience. Now the Bible says that the old order of the law and the sacrifices thereof could not produce this perfection in the area of your conscience. So this is where we are. It could not produce perfection. Well, let's continue. Verse 10. It says, Which stood only in meats and drinks, and divers washings, and carnal ordinances, imposed on them until the time of the Reformation. Look at how silly this is. The law says, cover your head. All right? And then people think, that once you carry a handkerchief and you cover your head, even though your, your, the conscience is still riddled with guilt, but on the outside you look all right. Hello? On the outside you are not wearing a single makeup. All right? And your hair is diddy. 
You know that rubber they used to use to do their hair that time? The long one. The hair. Owu. That's how you are. And then your skirt is very long. But you have a weak and beggarly conscience. The Lord looked at the outward. The Lord tried to program you to look perfect, talk pristine, walk in a particular way. But the Lord had no capacity to change the heart. Are you hearing what I'm saying? So let's continue now. Verse 11. But Christ, somebody say, but Christ. Oh, somebody say it again. Say, but Christ. Say it one more time. Say, but Christ. He says, but Christ being come and high priest of good things to come by a greater and more perfect tabernacle, not made with hands, that is to say, not of this building, verse 12, neither by the blood of goats and cows, but by his own blood, he entered in once into the holy place, having obtained eternal redemption for us, next verse, for if the blood of bulls and of goats and of the ashes of a heifer, sprinkling the unclean, sanctified to the purifying of the flesh, yeah, how much more, this is where we are going, and I want you to please pay attention to this. He says, how much more, so there's a much more, how much more shall the blood of Christ, can somebody say the blood of Christ? The blood of Christ. Say it again, say the blood of Christ. Who through the eternal spirit offered himself without spot to God. Now look at what the blood of Christ is accomplishing for you. Let's read the remaining parts together. He says, purge your what? Your conscience. What? From dead works. What? To serve the living God. So you see what I want to do for you this morning? I want to help you explain all of this. Purge your conscience from dead works. Now, the word conscience, the word conscience is a Greek word that simply, write this down, very important. The word conscience is a Greek word that simply points to consciousness. So, that word conscience is sunedesis, sune. Deisis. It says, um, the word, that word conscience, okay, is sunedesis. I'll spell it for you. S-U-N-E-I-D-E-S-I-S. Now somebody's going to say, but pastor, why are we always looking at Greek and Hebrew in this church? Why? Pastor, you're always giving us Greek and Hebrew. <laughs> See, because... Scripture itself was not written in English. Hello? So when you see a word, you have to go back to the root meaning. That's why study. Do you understand? You go back to the root word to understand where this word is coming from. Because, let me tell you, look up at me, everybody. You know, English is such a weak word. I don't know how to explain. It's so weak. When you want to explain something in English, it's so weak. Some of you, you have to use your mother tongue to try to explain it because English is so weak. How, how do you explain obatin boom, boom, boom? How do you explain that in English? How do you explain amama, macha, macha? How do you explain that? How do you explain that in English? How do you explain that in English? 
English would say love. I love my dog. It's the same as I love my mom. But my mom is not the same as my dog. But English doesn't have any other expression. Same. When you're looking at it, meaning you'd be so conscience what some of you think it is okay it is actually consciousness it is sunedesis and it's a noun word very important now let's let's sound the noun together what is a noun a noun i'm waiting for you what is a noun uh-huh Great, so it is a name of a person, animal, place. Wow. Now, now, place. Wow. I get what I'm saying. So that's why it's important to know the part of speech that this word consciousness or conscience is, is a noun. Wow. I get what I'm saying. Now, that word is sunedesis, is a noun, and it means consciousness. So, brother, your conscience is simply your consciousness. Change your consciousness, you have changed your conscience. Wow. Mm, that, one, that one is good, though. When you change your consciousness, you change your conscience. If you keep your conscience focused on something, that thing becomes the, the deposit of your conscience. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Now, the meaning of that word is sunedesis, is a noun. And here's what it means. It means a persisting notion. Write that down. Very important. A persisting notion. So what is a persisting notion? Hello? Look up at me, everybody. What is a persisting notion? I am depressed. 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 Persisting. Okay, we say a persisting headache. It doesn't stop. It just keeps going. All right? A persisting you know, are you getting what I'm saying? So, conscience is simply a persisting notion. It's not this, you understand what I'm saying? Whatever persists in your consciousness has become your conscience. So, if defeat persists in your consciousness, your conscience has become weak. Hello, church? So somebody, a per, what's a persisting notion? I'm a failure. I'm a failure. I'm a failure. I'm a failure. Look around me. I've always failed. I've always failed. Nothing works. Everything fails. Everything works. Do you understand what I'm saying? That is your conscience. Your consciousness is your conscience. You understand where we're going now when you now introduce a new consciousness. I'm righteous. I'm righteous. I'm righteous. I'm righteous. I'm righteous. You see the reason why God had to give you something to believe. Without something to believe, let me tell you, you're going to be going around. See, I'm telling you, without something to believe, let me put it like this, without the gospel to believe, I'm telling you one day somebody will be going around and just be counting bridges in Lagos. Confused and tired. Weak and beggarly. So conscience is simply consciousness. Whatever stays in your consciousness becomes your conscience. Is a persisting notion. So let me tell you, a person can have a persisting notion of defeat. Another person can have a persisting notion of victory. So one will have a weak and beggarly conscience. Another person will have a strong and emboldened conscience. Now hear me very good. People who always have a weak conscience can't do much for God. 
Hello, look up at me, everybody. How many of you realize that there is a word called contingent? All right? You are a contingent is a group of people that goes to a place to represent someone. You know, let me use something that you can understand. Our contingent to the Olympics. The contingent we sent to the Olympics many times is so weak. Are you guys what I'm saying? You know, our own case is that if one person manage and get a gold medal, hey! But there are some other nations that's and then at the end of the Olympics, some of them have 90 gold, 95 gold. Then you see the table of the gold medal. 95, America. You know, 98, coming down. Then you now see one, two, five. You see, you see one gold, four silver, 18 bronze. <laughs> Once you look at it, you know it's Nigeria. You know why? Because what we sent to the Olympics is a weak contingent that can't achieve much. Look at the reason why God is interested in giving you something to believe, to embolden you. You know why? You are his contingent on earth. Hey, 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 hey. God wanted to send a party to earth. He said, include Dupeo. Because I know Dupe is my gold medal in, in arts. Dupe is my gold medal in music. Dupe is my gold medal in fashion. Dupe is my gold medal. Ah, when Dupe shows up, we will we'll be counting healed people like water. Amen. You see, let me tell you this. God gave us a message to be believed. And let me tell you, if you never forget what I say today, remember this. God wants to be believed. He wants to be believed. Listen, God will love it if the whole world believes him. So now, on that journey that God is, you are his contingent to make that happen. Hey, uh, let, me, let me put it like this. Let me put it like this. My brother, hey, uh, the power of God is on me. So you go, you buy an iPhone 15. There's 15 now. When you buy it from the market and you pay the price, you have just bought the right to own the phone. Listen to me, sir, ma. That phone will take on your personality for as long as you own it. So if you're a scattered person, hey, no matter how good the phone is, two weeks, screen has broken. This one has broken. Am I, am I talking to somebody? <laughs> Yeah, you guys know what I'm saying? But if you're a put-together person, they'll see the phone five months later, six years later, they'll be thinking, ah, did you just buy this phone? You know why? Because now the phone has taken on the personality of the owner. That's why God had to send his son to pay for you so that he can own you. And that's why you have to learn the personality of your owner. A lot of people are failing in life because they don't know the personality of their owner. That's why Jesus was talking. He said, if you being evil, not us. Are you getting what I'm saying? 
if the world being evil know how to give good gifts to their children now says understand the personality of your new owner so here's how it works let me give you an example amen, amen. this one we enter amen, amen. so we went to amichi and paid bright price so that i can own my wife i get what i'm saying I, look at me, look at me. So now every day, she's taking on my pers- the personality of my owner. Yeah. If I am stingy, yeah. <laughs> she don't enter. I guess what I'm saying? If I am loving, she don't enter. If I pamper, she don't enter. Whoever I am is what she's going to partake of. But now you see that right to own. I had to go and pay it. So I can have the right to own. Are you get what I'm saying? Now that I own, I will now express my personality in that which I own. Here's what, but this one is not the case. So, but let me just say it. In this case, here's how it works. Because a message needs to be believed, somebody has to be the signpost of the workings of that message. <laughs> I want to sell a medication to you. But now, when I come, I have testimonial. This person has used this medication. See how it worked for him. This person has now become the signpost of what that medication will do in your life. So what happens is that he fixes you with a message like this. So that after you have believed it, and you are now looking, you know, you look the part of daddy where they pamper. Then you can now go out and say, ah, this news that I I have entered, I can tell you about it because it works. So you are a signpost. Do you see the reason why God will do anything to bring you the right thoughts? Because his reputation is on the line. Can you shout amen, somebody? Hey, church, can you shout amen, somebody? So God is in the show of business. How's he going to show you off if you're not well kept? That's why he gives you a message to believe. Are you hear what I'm saying? So put that scripture on the screen. Are you being blessed this morning? Put that scripture. I want to explain. So the word conscience is the, the Greek word consciousness. Sunedesis. Go all the way to verse 14. Yeah, that's it. Verse 14. All right? And it means a persisting notion. Write it down. Very important. Now, I told you, I said, God depends greatly on his contingents to accomplish a lot of things in the earth. Now, if we say that conscience means a persisting notion, right? It means that a person can have the conscience of sin. And I'll show you that. A conscience with sin persisting. What did I, Okay, let me, let me ask you. I said conscience is what? Consciousness, right? And what does that mean? It means that which is persisting in a person's thoughts. That is simply what your conscience is. So there is the consciousness of sin... Or the conscience of sin. In other words, this person never believes that they are worthy. Never believes that they are adequate. 
never believes that you know their sins have been forgiven. They always have a conscience, a conscience that is filled with wrongs. That person will forever be weak. When you call them, when you say, come and make a presentation in the office, they meet my type. <laughs> Some of you think that it is something of pride. You think that shy dumb is something of pride. I guess I'm not, I mean, I'm just a shy person. I'm just a shy person. I don't know. Until you realize that you are not born to live life only with yourself. Hello? You want to say, market? To people who are alive. You are shy. <laughs> Somewhere along the line, something must jump upon you yes, to remove that shyness so that you can talk, oh. Yes, sir. Hello, sir. Yes, sir. So that you can talk, oh. Otherwise, you will be a Peter who keeps denying, 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 who keeps denying everywhere he goes as a result of a weak conscience. They call you, they say, come, come. I believe that you can, you can release this product. You can, you can be the, you know. You say, no, I've never done it before. My, it's not my typo. They say, come. I believe you, if you lay hands on the sick, they will recover. You say, me? Nobody in my family has ever done <laughs> Me, ke? Ah, pastor, pastor, you are trying to set me up. Pastor, pastor, no, 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 no. Come, I think you can do this public speaking. Well, come. You say, no, pastor. I've never done it in my life. Nobody in my family has ever done it. See, if you keep talking like this, where will greatness come from? Right. Yes, sir. Wow. <laughs> or you sit down, I say, you sit down in a vehicle. Yeah, Mio? You sit down in a vehicle. The vehicle is nice like this. Ha! Then you, you're not thinking, you are not even thinking of the day you might own it. What you are seeing now? So you, <laughs> you, start, you start having a conversation with the driver. So how much was it? Hey! So let big people like you people that can buy this so a weak and beggarly conscience. They never see themselves as, as the principal actors in greatness. It's always others. Always others. <laughs> So you can rejoice for a celebrity, but you have never been able to picture yourself as being the one other people are clapping for. It's a weak conscience. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Yes, sir. So let's, let's continue. Look at what it says. It says, how much more shall the blood of Christ, who through the eternal spirit offered himself without spot to God, purge so your conscience, that consciousness has to be purged. You know, I don't like to use the word that is coming to my mind now. <laughs> flush, flush out. You have to flush it out. You have to flush that weak and beggarly consciousness out. But you don't flush it out with bone face. You don't flush it out. See, let me tell you something. You don't even flush it out with positive thinking. Otherwise, <laughs> you yourself, you'll be flushed. <laughs> you don't flush it with positive thinking. You say, today, I'm not going to think any bad thoughts. Today, I'm going to think like, you say, you say act like it, think like it, then you will be it. <laughs> My dear, some people are acting like it, thinking like it, they have not become it. I get what I'm saying. 
Now, I'm not asking you to be positive. I'm asking you to embrace a revelation. Are you hearing what I'm saying? So it says, without spots to God, purge your conscience. So the first thing you see there is purge. The next thing you see is your conscience. Then the other thing you see is from dead works. We like to explain that. So a dead work is anything that is manipulated from fear. Anything that originates out of fear. I get what I'm saying? A dead work, listen, a dead work is performance driven. A dead work is fear driven. A dead work is worry driven. A dead work is driven from the place to impress. Now here, 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 here. Let's look at this. Are you following? Are you following church? Now look at this. It says purge your conscience. From dead works to serve the living God. Isn't that ironic? Isn't that, isn't that interesting? You're using dead works to serve a living God. Hello, church. You want to use dead works to serve a living God. It's not going to work. It's not going to work. Your dead works cannot impress a living God. So what does it mean to have dead works? Please take note of this. Very important. A dead work flows out of a dead nature. Hear me? A dead work flows out of a dead nature. Now, the nature that is dead is the nature of sin. Yes, sir. I get what I'm saying. So when a man is conscious of sin, their own unworthiness, their own um, inadequacy, their own failure, their own inability. And then they try to serve out of that weakened conscience. What they are going to produce is fear. There are some people in the social strata that you can't make them to be afraid. For example, if you tell somebody that this month you're not going to have money for your rent, they look at you, they'll be like, Are you okay? That doesn't move them. You know why? They are not in that zone. Long ago, they owned their own house. So they are not in that zone. Pay for rent. That's not what they are thinking right now. I get what I'm saying. So we are talking about a dead nature that will produce dead works. But now there is something called a living nature that will produce living works. That's the reason why. See, let me explain this to you. Okay, picture it now. Picture a corpse trying to do works. Can a corpse move? Everything that you would make a corpse do will be by force. Because they are dead. To move them is by force. Anything is by force. Because they are dead. They can't respond. Ah, what I'm saying is so powerful. They can't respond to anything by themselves. They have to be forced. That's dead works. And then to force them. In, in this balance, you have to threaten them. You have to make them afraid. You have to introduce, or for some people, you have to introduce reward. But now, scripture is saying you cannot use dead works to serve a living God. In other words, you cannot use a dead nature to please a living God. So when you come to Christ, 
You have to move away from the consciousness of performance. That's dead works. Performance. I'm trying to earn his love. I'm trying to earn his acceptance. I'm trying to earn his generosity. I'm trying to earn his attention. Let me tell you what some people do. To try to earn God's attention, they fast 80 days. There's a different kind of fast, Dupe, that I'm fasting knowing that his eyes are on me. The activity might be the same, but the motive is different. The heart producing the activity is different. I am not trying to get his attention. His eyes are already on me. I I am taking time to fix my gaze on him. Let me give you an example. Ladies, if you're a lady in the house, say, I am. I am. Come on now, y'all ladies, that's too weak. Say, I'm a lady. I'm a lady. <laughs> ladies, a guy has been trying to get your attention. I get something. So, he's been trying to get your attention. He bought you flowers. You say, me, flower. <laughs> hey, Jesus, what an insult. My flower, yay! And say, oh, you don't like flowers? Then he goes, he buys you what you like. Then he's been doing that now for six months, nonstop. He's just trying to get your attention. He's, he's, he's asking, when can we see? When can we talk? When, uh, what do you need? Hey, hey, hey. My wife not do that one for me, glory to God. She didn't do that. And he says, calm down, calm down. I'm not here to fight. And then, listen, you know, six months later, you now say, this guy said that has just been disturbing. Let me just give him attention. So you now create time and say you want to go and see him. Is it the time you created that created his attention? No, sir. Ah, church, talk to me now. Why are you both doing like this? Let's use the one that you can relate with. Is it your, is it your answer that created his attention? He's been, his eyes has been on you all the while. Now, guess what? In fact, it's because you know his eyes have been on you. You cannot say, okay, you know what, this guy, hey, uh, you know, you, you see, you get it. You get it. You cannot say, let's, let's do two weeks. This guy has been looking at me since. Let's do three weeks. Let's do one month. Now, it's no longer a chore. It's a response. <laughs> Church, are you hearing what I'm saying? It's no longer work. It's now a response. Somebody's eyes has been on you. Now that you have put your eyes on him, you can spend time with the person, which is fasting and prayer, but you're not spending time with the person so that, you know, your time spent is what created there. No, no, no. His eyes have been on you. You're only spending time to see how much he has been on you. In other words, where you go, you now say, this noise you've been making safe. Let me now see what's in it. Oh, yeah. Woo me. Then trust God now. God is not like that guy. Oh. God is not like that guy. Oh. God is not like that guy. Oh. There are some guys that they've been doing six months, six months, six months. You now finally say, let's go. I'm like, look, look, look. Look at this guy. I say, let me even help by. <laughs> I say, let me even help his, his destiny. Let me even assist him. I beg. But, you know, when you turn your eyes to the Lord, you will see his eyes are fixed. Fixed. Oh, Kayala Piate. I said fixed on you. I get what I'm saying. So that time you are giving to him now is not what created his attention. 
Can you shout amen, somebody? Amen. So a dead work is anything that is motivated by fear, motivated by worry, a performance to get the attention of an, an already loving God. A performance to be accepted by God. That's the reason why people never, see you, see you, just look at everybody, look at me. So now, we're in service, amen? amen. It's a healing meeting, amen? amen? I call on Esther to come and lead us in the healing meeting. Hey! <laughs> Pastor, for me to come out to do this, I have to prepare for eight weeks. Now, brothers, see somebody that's supposed to be helping my teacher. She say, yes, sir. Now, I prepare very well. But that thing that you are prepared, you are not in. See me, I like to prepare. I prepare. But my dear, if you tell me at 2 a.m. in the morning that the power of the flow in the meeting, I'm ready. Oh, you didn't hear me. Let me talk to Jesus. I said, if you tell me at 2 a.m. in the morning, the service is for 7 a.m. If you tell me at 2 a.m., I'm ready. <laughs> tell me at 5, the service is at 6. I'm ready. Because the flow is not out of my preparation. The flow is out of the price he paid. So you see, even if it's two minutes I have to be ready, all I need to do is Christ in me, the hope of glory. Christ in me, the hope of glory. Christ in me, the hope of glory. As I'm walking towards the wheelchair, Christ in me, the hope of glory. Not you're conscious of how you have not prepared. Hey, I've not prepared. Let me tell you about me, everybody. That's how you should work when you're doing your presentation at work. A weak conscience will always ah, call another person. Call another. That person is getting, are you getting what I'm saying? That person is getting all the exposure. Then tomorrow you say they didn't promote you. But you were giving the other person. <laughs> glory to God forevermore. I, uh, I say glory to God forevermore. You will say to yourself, you see this thing, I know it by the Spirit. I know it. As I go there in the name of Jesus, I open my mouth. And as I begin to talk, these people will come under my influence. We can beggarly conscience. That's why you see a lot of, a lot of believers... They feel so helpless, so weak. And this is why you are being taught. Are you getting what I'm saying? Yes, they call you at work. Look at when they called Daniel. The matter was already happening in the palace. He did not know. Ah, they were just going to, in fact, they were already going to execute the first batch. When Daniel ran into them, ah, that was happening. What was this commotion in the office? What's going on? They say, oh, God said we should execute everybody. Ah, uh, why? Because nobody had the answer to this problem. Ah, uh, is that why? The first demonstration of strength is telling them, hold on, I have the answer. Oh, stop. Hold on. Stay the execution. You're telling the whole state. <laughs> You're telling the king and the whole state, hold on. Say, so, you know, eyes are now on you. Don't come out with the answer, you see. The way they will skin you alive, eh? Everybody's now on you. Oh God, Daniel has said we should all hold on. Now, you see, the first thing is you put your foot in the door. Knowing that from that place on, God has you. You didn't hear what I said. I said you put your feet first. And you know that from that point on, God's got your back. Let me tell you, eh? listen to me, listen to me, church. 
prepare oh, but I can tell you there is not everything God will do in your life you will be prepared for. Ah, should I announce to you, sir? Ma, it is not every milestone you will cover in life that you'll be prepared for. If you have to prepare for every milestone, you'll be late. You'll be late. You will be late. You'll be late. God has to help you somehow. God has to help you. I said God has to help you somehow. I said God has to help you somehow. Do you hear what I'm saying? Church, I want you to rejoice. You see, I'm not, I'm not prepared. I'm not prepared. I'm not prepared. Let me tell you, there are some greatness that will hit you. You are not ready. So with a weak conscience, you say, ah, no, 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 I'm not ready. Yeah. Not for me, not for me. And God say, hey, Allah, Allah. See on your side, Holy Ghost, helper. See on the other side, angels waiting to be sent on errand. See you. You say you are helpless. Okay, let's wait for another circle to open. And then that circle now is two years. Wow. Say, Pastor, they skipped me. They skipped you. They didn't skip nothing. You are the skipping rope. <laughs> now you gonna go. Now you gonna go be the skipping rope. Now you, now you the skipping. <laughs> oh, Oh, glory to God. Give the Lord a shout of praise. Say this with me. Say, I have a strong conscience. Say it with me. Say, my conscience has the ability to carry greatness. Say, I am conscious of my righteousness. I am conscious of his peace in me. I am conscious of his joy in me. Glory to God. Give the Lord a shout. Glory to God. So, there is such a thing. Now, let's, let's go back again so you don't miss the point. Okay? It says, how much more shall the blood of Christ... So it is the blood of Christ that is doing this purging. Mm. Now, I'm not saying apply the blood to your conscience. That's not what I'm saying now. What I'm saying is a recognition that the blood has washed your conscience already. And then you stay conscious of it. Do you wash clothes that is clean twice? Hello, 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 hello. You just, this clothes just came from the dry cleaner. I send it to the dry cleaner again without wearing it. Is that no? You just start to. T- <laughs> no, no, no. See, I picked up. Oh boy, the power of God is so on me. I love what's going on. Your mind is being renewed. So the, he's not saying apply the blood to your conscience. Say, Lord, this morning, look at, look at morning devotion routine. In the morning. Early in the morning, in the morning, I will rise and praise the Lord. Then you know, Father, this morning, I thank you. You are a good God. Now, angel, give me blood. Give me blood. Give me the blood of Jesus. Now I apply the blood of Jesus to my conscience. Where is soap? Where is soap? I apply even the soap of the heavens to my conscience. That's how some of you will go to some places. They will say heavenly soap to you. When you ask them, what does this do? It cleans conscience. <laughs> Let me tell you what cleans your conscience. Revelation knowledge. Revelation knowledge. 
Let me look, look at me, look at me, look at me. Ma, can I announce to you? There's absolutely nothing wrong with you. Hallelujah. If, listen, you know, there's absolutely nothing wrong with you. If you have no muscle in you to spend one minute feeling sorrowful, you are right. Hello? Guilt, thank you. If you never have the ability to feel guilt in your life, you can say sorry, you. You can say, I'm sorry, I'm very sorry. If you realize that you did wrong, because not a head full of, you know, like no mannerless individuals, they just go about just, just behaving anyhow. What? Ah? <laughs> what? What? No, we can be sorry, you. We can say, I'm sorry, I re- I'm, re- I'm really sorry. But never live one more day on guilt streets. In other words, see, the attack of Satan is not that sorry. That sorry you are saying mm. is fine. The attack is to keep you captive in that mm. guilt. You're trying to live. You say, no. Mm. Feel bad more. Mm. Feel bad more. <laughs> Feel bad more. They, ah, my dear. Hey, uh, hey. If you allow it, I've been in those kinds of circumstances. Where maybe in a meeting like that, we have a board meeting like that, and then I say something. Ha! Mm. Ah! Then the enemy will start to pepper me with the picture of that thing. Mm. And I'm like, no, they didn't see it that way. Ah, he said they saw it too. <laughs> they saw yeah, You know exactly what I'm He said they saw it. In fact, you are so naked before everybody. <laughs> you misbehave terribly. Then you, you now say, ha! Ah! My life is finished. You see that place you have entered? He has you where he wants you. Now you are speaking his language. As you are talking now, angels can't understand you anymore. You know, the Holy Ghost is wondering, whose language has she spoken now? Uh, Gabe, do you understand? Gabe say no. Michael, do you understand? Michael say, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. It's like she's conversing with demons. <laughs> are you getting what I'm saying? Because the enemy wants to keep you I'm saying there is nothing wrong with you if you have no muscle in you to feel guilty. Yes, sir. You are fine. Yes, sir. Sorry. If you have no muscle in you to feel regrets, okay, your regrets, now what will you do? Mm. Can you turn back? If I could turn. Okay. Can you turn back the hand of time now? Why don't you live into the future remembering that God has the ability to restore time. Yes, sir. Is that not a better truth to yes, live sir. with? Yes, that God has the ability to restore even time, even things you've lost. He has the ability to replenish even things that he looks at. So it was your fault. So, okay, now what will you do about it? Spend six months regretting it. That's how people will say, I know the day that my life changed. I know. They don't know the day Jesus died. <laughs> I know the day that my life changed forever. It was a day that I. No, 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 no. That's how you are sounding in heaven. They can't hear you. What you would say that they will hear is the day Jesus died, the day my sins were forgiven. Are you getting what I'm saying? God wants to deliver you from a weak conscience. And right now, you are delivered from a weak conscience. Can somebody rejoice? Glory to God. Oh, can somebody rejoice? Glory to God.
quality of the ransom price determines the quality of the purge. In other words, the extent to which your conscience is purged. The quality of the price is what determines the extent to which your conscience is purged. Say this with me, I have a purged conscience. I have a purged conscience. So what is the content of the purge? How much more shall the blood of Christ purge your conscience? All these other things, who through the external spirits is further details. So we can actually read like this. How much more shall the blood of Christ purge your conscience from dead works to serve the living God? Now here's the other thing that I want to say. There's something called serving the living God. Amen? Amen. 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 Hello? Listen to how it works. Serving the living God is like serving the military in the U.S. Let me give you an example. All right? So when you serve in the military in the U.S., you help to preserve and protect the nation. When you serve the living God, you help to spread his message. Okay. Uh, Thank you, Lord. I'm going to say some things to you. How do you actually serve God? Write this down. You serve God by knowing Him. Mm. Amen? How can you serve the military if you don't know the military? So you serve God accurately by knowing Him. That's number one. Number two, by demonstrating His ability intentionally. Number one, by knowing God. Number two, by demonstrating his abilities intentionally, not accidentally, intentionally. So, you know where we are now? Hello, church. We, are in, we, have, we have looked at purge your conscience from dead works. We are now here, serve. Serve the living God. So, let me explain what serve the living God is. Titi, come. Come, come, quick, quick, quick. Let's give her a big hand. Amen. I want another person to come. Um, in a come. Drop a hair. Just rush, rush, rush. Don't fall. Just rush. <laughs> I want to explain the serve the living God. The first thing I said, stand here, stand here. Yeah. I said to serve God, you have to know God. So many people are serving God without knowing him. That's why they are giving the wrong picture of who he is. You come out to preach. You are preaching the whole Bible. Eh? You are preaching the old Bible, including judgment and condemnation. You don't know God. Even God himself told Jesus to close the book somewhere, and Jesus closed it. You, your book is open everywhere. You open, to, you open to numbers. You see? And God sent down fire and consumed them all. You say, Lord, don't consume you. Don't consume me. You, 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 you did not hear in scripture that there's something called vessels of mercy. Objects of God's mercy. There is something called object of wrath. You are not. Because of what Jesus did, you have now become the object of God's mercy. So let's talk about serving God now. So here's Titi. Titi, Titi wants to serve God. Okay? First, she has to know him. Amen? So the first thing is to know him. The second is to demonstrate his abilities intentionally. So ability number one. Titi, this lady needs a linguistic, um, 
a linguistic programmer that would help her to understand something in a language she has not learned. Now serve God by producing something that will help her to understand that language. She has served God. Many people are serving God, they don't even know him. Google, Larry Page, all these people. They are serving God, they might not even know the God that they are serving. But every time you, okay, so every time you demonstrate, every time you demonstrate his ability intentionally, you have served him. All right, so let's read it like this. Um, not you, amen. <laughs> Titi, she's, she needs to be healed of paralysis. Amen? Now, Titi happens to know God. Hello? She has come to know that God is a healer. Now she wants to demonstrate his ability to heal intentionally. Not by accident. Deliberately. So now she says, in a, oh, lay hands on her. Lay hands now. Do it. <laughs> and then say, in a, be healed of paralysis. Say I say that. Yeah, you, you, I, I, I guess what I'm saying. And then Ineye gets up out of the wheelchair. She has served God. Hello? Hello? No, so hello? Now guess what? If we call Titi and say, come and serve God in the life of Ineye. And she said, me. I've never seen the sick healed before. In fact, me. My whole generation. <laughs> I guess what I'm saying. All of those excuses. With a weak conscience, she can't serve God. She can't serve the living God. She can't know him. And she can't work for him. She can't demonstrate for him. So is this possible that maybe this is the reason why a lot of our cities are not yet saved? Because so many believers. Let, let me tell you. Look at me. Look at me. A lot of believers are waiting to ripe. Do you understand? They are waiting to ripe. The Bible says be fruitful. It didn't say be ripe. They are waiting to ripe. When is the appropriate time? Lord, I will stand for you at the appropriate time. I will preach for you. Remember the last time that you say you preach in the bus? Something has happened. You think you are not yet ripe. I'm not yet ready. Lord, then you look at the prayer. Lord, purify me. Prune me. Hey, prune me. Remove that which is in me. That is not of you, O oh Lord. Prune me. Prune me. Very soon, Seth, even you, you will be missing. We'll look for you. We won't see you again. Because they are, you are in the pruning process. God says to be fruitful. He didn't say to be ripe. Meaning, be fruitful. As you are being fruitful, you will be ripe. Amen. Amen. Produce fruits. The first time I preached, it was not this good. I continued. There were days I preached, I didn't know what to say. As I opened your Bibles, and I confused everybody. Amen. Amen. I preached again. Amen. The first time I laid hands on the sick, they didn't recover. I lay again. Some of you might stand to preach and you might confuse Greek and Hebrew. You might talk. Well, I say, hey, see how I disgrace myself today. My dear, stand again. Oh. 
Stand again, oh. Tomorrow, do it again, oh. Sorry, my Lord. Sorry, my Lord. Tomorrow, do it again, oh. Do it again. Therein lies the power. Otherwise, you remain weak and beggarly. Everywhere going to beg. Everywhere going to beg. Now, look at another thing. So, here is the idea. Stand here. You say, serve God. Look at what this lady is doing now. Yeah? She turns to, they say, serve God to him. Yeah? She turns to God and starts to beg him. Lord, heal this. Heal her. Heal her. Lord, heal her. God says, cast out the devil. You do it. Let me tell you a story. Kenneth Hagin was, he had a revelation. And God was talking with him. God was talking with him. Then a demon came. And was doing in the middle of them like that. I was making squeaky noise and, and doing nonsense. And, and Jesus kept talking. He kept talking. Ah. So Ken Hagin looked at Jesus, looked at the demon. And Jesus continued talking like he didn't know that the demon was there. And then after a while, Ken Hagin, out of frustration, he said, You devil, get out of here. Sorry. Sorry, don't worry. I'm, I'm excited. Give me my stuff. Amen. Thank you. All right? You devil, get out of here. And then the, the demon squeaked out and, and ran away. And then he asked Jesus. He said, why, were you, why is it that you continue talking and didn't do nothing about it? You know what Jesus said? Jesus said to him, he said, I could not do anything about it. I could not. He did not say, I decided not to. He said, I could not do anything about it. In other words, if this demon continued disrupting you, focus, don't worry, leave everything, just focus. If this demon continued disrupting the conversation, I could not have done anything. You know why? When I left the earth, I gave all power to you. I gave all authority to you. That's why I told you that whatever you allow shall be allowed. Whatever you disallow shall be disallowed. Some of you are thinking it's up to God. No, it's not up to God. It's up to you. You use the power he has given to you. You use the ability that he has given to you. That's why I'm letting you know you will not be able to do it if you have a weak conscience. Every time feeling sad. Every time... Yeah. That thing that is in you, that is always wanting to beg. You've got to kill it. Even begging for money, you've got to kill it. Say amen. Amen. Even begging for money. Don't beg nobody for no money. Don't beg nobody for money. A weak and beggarly conscience. I get what I'm saying. So she stands there on behalf of God to serve God. And then instead of healing the sick, she starts to beg God. Oh God, why don't you just heal her? Do you know some people have been begging for their mom for 18 years? No wonder mommy is still not getting well. Until one day you get tired and say, You devil, I'm tired of you. In the name of Jesus, you've got to go now. You've got to go today. You've got to go today. And if you are sitting down and saying, can I do that? That's exactly why you need this message. Mm. 
exactly why you need this message. <laughs> exactly. You say, Mama, in the name of Jesus, I'm tired of this nonsense. From today, no more drugs. We are standing on God's word. From today, you are healed. You are healed. You are healed. Until you stop taking nonsense, nonsense will be taking you. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Now, if we are serving the living God like that, do you know how many people will be healed in the streets? Do you know how many innovative companies will birth? Do you know how many, how many Fortune 500s will, will produce? Yes, yes. Woo! <laughs> I get what I'm saying? You have skill. You are a cinematographer. You have skill. You are in church. You are waiting for them to beg you to use your skill. It's, it's, it's part of the demonstration of a weak conscience. You have money in God's house. You're waiting for them to come and give you plaque as a new and say, Did you really go to war? Wait on. Just wait. Just wait. Just wait. Don't worry. Just wait. We will soon come. Just wait. The team is coming. We are coming. It's a demonstration of a weak conscience. God doesn't want you to be weak. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Now you give the Lord a shout of praise. One more time, give the Lord a shout of praise. I want to lead you in saying some confessions. Now let me tell you, my slide is more than this. So I will say, you know, I've been sending that slide free of charge to you. You're not paying me. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to send it again. Let me tell you. When you enter, go and use these things. I told you last week, the believer must pursue understanding. Otherwise, Satan will use the person's life, not your own, to play La Liga, FC <laughs> Baka, and Real Madrid. God is communicating with you. Satan shows up and he's doing that nonsense. And you're saying, God, chase him away. And God is saying, Tosa, chase him away. <laughs> you push the ball to God's court. God says, I push it back to you. <laughs> because I will do absolutely nothing anymore. Now that my representative is on the earth. Are you hearing what I'm saying? That's why the contingent has to be strong. Carry a strong contingent, not our weak. Mm, super egos. I love them. You know, one time, let me let me joke. I'm I'm about closing. I'm done. No, amen. I'll lead you to say a few confessions, and we're done. Amen. When I was younger, see, 15, even my last birthday, they sport it for me. They sport it. They sport it. I was watching them at almost 12 a.m. just before my birthday. I'll never forget. And they lost to Ghana. I was so angry. I didn't know whether to be happy for my birthday. I didn't know. <laughs> See, let me tell you. All of you, you are Manchester, Chelsea, Baka, me, Super Eguzo. <laughs> Super Eguzo. Then, eh, when I used to watch soccer at home, don't sit near me. Because I'm happy, I'm laughing. I can slap you. I'm serious. I'm serious. I used to remove my belt. <laughs> Hey, if I hear NGs today, I should remove my belt. When they score like this, I'll start. I'm serious. <laughs> I'll be wiping everybody in joy. <laughs> I'm serious. 
I'm serious. I'm very serious. Until they start failing so much. I say, now, wow. Did they send me to this world? Come and, to come and pay my blood, shed my blood for super goods. No way. So I stopped. And every time I decide to just give it a try again, they break it more. You know, you know the problem? They're always sending weak contingents. And they can't win anything. If you keep living life as though God sent a weak contingent to earth, Super Eagle's defeat will be small. One day, a, a gigantic human named a gigantic disease named high blood pressure will come and soak itself on you like this. And now start to dry your blood. And you say, God, take it away. And God is saying, no, you take it away. All power has been given to you. Stop acting like a weak man. You are not. You are not weak. Can you give the Lord a shout of praise? So, sir, ma, from a weak conscience, we serve God. You're a driver. From a, from a, sorry, from a strong conscience, we serve God. You're a driver. You drive with skill. We drive with finesse. Not the one that every the, the car you are, you are driving. Ah. They look at the car. The car is dead. Every pot, you are scattered. No. You, you serve in such a way that your boss says, wow. Wow, you're such a diligent man. You say, yeah. My pastor taught me to serve from a strong and bold conscience. When you serve from a bold conscience, you don't destroy things. Yes, sir. I get what I'm saying. It's a weak and beggarly conscience. Check. There are so many things I don't have time to say. Check even the four. It came from hiding. Sickness from hiding. Pain from hiding. Jesus came to redeem us from that kind of life. Look, I'm closing now. Are you hearing what I'm saying? You see that thing that made Adam to hide? Is what I'm talking about now. That weak and beggarly conscience. Hey, you know, greatness is coming. The presence of God is coming. They go and hide. They are not worthy. They feel, you know, they feel intimidated. They go and hide. Whatever, that thing, that's how people are hiding. Some people are hiding from life. You wish that they, they built a cave. That you just stay in until you are 90. Then you die and go. There ain't no cave nowhere. You've got to come out and stand in the light. And use the power of God. Stop hiding. Turn to your neighbor say, stop hiding. Tell them, say, Christ has found you. Stop hiding. Say it again. Say, Christ has found you. Use your abilities. Use it intentionally. Can you give the Lord a shout of praise? I hope with these few points of mine, I've been able to convince you that God in Christ Jesus has given you a bold conscience. You don't need to spend one day feeling regrets. Ma, what you did not do yesterday is gone. Leave it. You hear? Leave it. Today is another day. Start now. You accomplish it. Can you give the Lord a shout of praise? Say this with me. I have a strong conscience. 
I have a purged conscience. My conscience is free from guilt. Say it out loud. Say it out loud. Let your spirit hear you. My conscience is free from guilt. My conscience is free from condemnation. The blood has washed my conscience. I serve the living God with a pure conscience. I serve the living God without the consciousness of sin. I am conscious of my righteousness. I am conscious that I am redeemed. I am conscious that I am holy. I am conscious that I have been bought with a price. I have a new owner. Christ owns me. I have a new owner. I am found in his love. I have a new owner. My sins are forgiven. Shout it out loud. My sins are forgiven. Say with me, I am not hiding. I am standing in his light. Christ is my life. Christ is my life. I am rooted. I am grounded. I am established in his love for me. Out loud, my sins are forgiven. Are you hearing what I'm saying? You can't talk like that and be weak. If you talk like that, fever will clear out of your body. Yesterday I went to I went to check my blood pressure. It made me laugh. It made me laugh. I'll tell you a true story. You know when you're checking your blood pressure, they'll tell you not to talk. Isn't it? Yes, sir. As if to say talking, you know. And then the guy said, any listen. It struck me when he said it. Mm. My dad and myself we went to check. Mm. He said, anything that affects your emotions yeah. will shoot up your blood pressure. Yeah. I said, wow. <laughs> wow. So even talking now can be affecting the blood pressure. Mm. I said, Christ is my life. Yeah. That's why you have to be found in Christ. Yes, this thing can fail. Yes, Are you hear what I'm saying? He can't fail. That's why you must be found in Christ. Rooted and grounded in him. So he checked the first time. It was 134 over 84. Then I said, check it again. This time, hear me, I'm telling you under God. I began to speak inside. I said, Christ in me. The hope of glory. Check. Christ in me. I sent the results to you, isn't it? Christ in me, the hope of glory. How can my blood pressure be 130 something? Christ in me, the hope of glory. He checked again, it was what, 122 or something. He checked again, it was 120 something. I said, hey, now we're talking. You can practice this thing immediately. I'm closing, you know I've closed. You see my book is closed. Is it closed? It's closed. See, why wait until a crisis breaks out before you start practicing God's presence? Why now? Why? Why? Now you're, you're before the doctor. They say they saw something. Now you now say, ha, 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 ha. I've told you before. You are speaking distance. 
between you and your future. To talk what you want to see. Look at me, church. A day might come when the doctors say they found something not in you, amen? amen. Are you getting what I'm saying? That's not the day you start to try to build up your faith. Let's build up my faith. I build up my faith. No, I came prepared. I came prepared. Christ in me, the hope of glory. Nothing happens to me. And let me tell you, look up at me, everybody. Especially in dealing with sicknesses and diseases. Don't start to look for pity. Don't do it. Or start to speak wrong words out of your mouth. You pity a prosperous man. You want to be like a prosperous man. Don't pity me. Amen. Amen. Can you give the Lord a shout of praise? So how many of you, let me, let me do a quick trick now. How many of you have a weak conscience? How many of you have a beggarly conscience? How many of you have a bold conscience? How many of you have a purged conscience? Amen? Amen. 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 So I'm conscious that Christ is in me. Conscious. 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 Glory to God. Conscious that I'm the healed of the Lord. Glory to God. How many of you are conscious that you're wealthy? Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Rise to your feet, everybody. And begin to pray in the spirit right now. Begin to pray in the spirit. Everybody. Begin to pray in the spirit. Christ in you, the hope of glory. Thank you for engaging yourself in this episode. We trust that your life has been beautified. If you'd like to share what Jesus is doing in your life through this ministry, please write to us at hello at blueprintstories.org. You can visit our website at www.blueprintstories.org. You can also follow us on Facebook at The Blueprints Church and on Instagram at The Blueprints Church. Cheers.